All right. Good morning. You guys look great this morning. Uh, just give yourselves a hand. I mean, come on. You'd be excited for you making it here. Come on. Who's not clapping? We're going to keep going until everybody's clapping. Mrs. Snodgrass. Okay, I can see it. All right. All right. Thank you for coming. Um, I am excited to be here. Normally, it's been a while since I've been up here. I've been doing it for youth for a long time. And to come up here and be able to have an hour and a half, it's, I mean, think about it. There's a, you know, it's going to be tight. There's a lot to cover. So we should be able to, to uh, you know, get right into it and be fine. I mean, hopefully nobody has any plans, no Packer games. So, all right. You know, I'm excited because God always has something to say. It's just what does he have to say right now? And um, something that's been on my heart, even that song, I don't know, I'm into that song. It's not a Christian artist. It's not a Christian song. But it, it says, you know, um, just talks about the bones being strong and the house will stand and a foundation that's not cracked will be able to last and stand through everything. And just without even using the word love, it describes something. And it's just, love is a powerful word. I think we throw it around pretty carelessly these days. I mean, I kind of hear, um, it's, it's, it's kind of like something. Anytime I hear somebody hang up with somebody that is a part of their family, I always hear, love you, love you, love you. And it's kind of funny because I just think, I don't know, do they really know that they're saying it or is it just kind of a habit that we make? I mean, you can love pizza, but then you can also love your mom. I don't know if that really goes together the same, even though my mom makes pretty good pizza from Papa Murphy's. But um, right. So this message is to cause you to rise up as a people that believe God created them to love themselves. Uh, let me pray out loud. Heavenly Father, I thank you so much for this opportunity to come before um, your children. Holy Spirit, you are welcome in this place. Lord, I pray that, that we, as we believe you and we get to know you and know about you, Lord, and that, that heart of rock that is there, we allow you to pull it out. We don't guard it. We don't even allow you to chip it away, but we just give it all to you. And I thank you for that, Lord. I also pray that we take your heart of flesh that's moldable, that can shape us, that, Lord, that is going to be a little bit uh, painful along the way, Lord. So I pray that we are open to your word. You speak through me and you give them everything that they came here for. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Um, Hey, Lorraine, can I ask you something really quick? <laughs> okay, we're back in business. <sighs> scripted? Not scripted. <laughs> you will never... No, because I never gave Aaron the notes, so sorry about that. All right, so I want to go into a scripture that um, it's not necessarily the, the topic scripture that I, I feel it's important that um, to develop an understanding of this love that I want to talk about and that God is trying to give us. I want to read this. First uh, John 4, 7 through 12. It says, Beloved, let us come to love one another, for love comes from God. Anyone who loves is a child of God and knows God. 
But anyone who does not love does not know God, for God is love. God showed how much he loved us by sending his one and only son into this world so that we might have eternal life through him. This is real love. Not that we loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son as a sacrifice to take away our sins. Beloved, since God so loved us, we ought to love one another. No one has ever seen God, but if we love each other, God lives in us and his love is perfected in us. So love is used quite a bit in that small text right there, even though it's powerful. And the Greek talks about four kinds of love. There's a storge love between parents and children. There's phileo love between equals, like a brotherly or sisterly love. There's eros, which is a sexual passion and intimate love, usually shared between spouses. And the love that I want to talk about today, that God is definitely interested in you knowing about, is agape love. So this love that John is talking about, the very essence, what John is talking about is goodwill, benevolence, the willful delight in the object of love. Agape love includes faithfulness, commitment, and the act of the will. It stands apart from any other type of love by its lofty, moral, and strong character. Agape love is described by Christians as God's unconditional love for his children. Agape love, as modeled by Christ, is not based on feelings. Rather, it's a determined act of the will. A joyful resolve to put the welfare of others before our own. So let me, let me repeat that and say that again. Because all of our love comes from feelings. All of our love comes from emotions. I mean, I've got to feel it to do it. I've got to feel it to want to be love. But agape love is not based on feelings Rather, it's a determined act. But refer to a determined act of the will. A joyful resolve to put the welfare of others above your own. It's loving without reciprocation. It's getting nothing in return. It's loving people that don't like you. And it's loving people that you don't like. It's actively, intentionally, meaningfully loving. It's literally putting others before or above yourself. Now ask yourself, do I love? I don't. I mean, I, I, mean, I want to. I try to. I mean, sometimes. But I don't wake up every morning saying, who can I love today? How can I love someone Today, I mean, I'll serve as a leader in the church, but I, I don't want to love some of my family members and friends according to this definition. 
I mean, I'll go to a home group. I'll serve in the church. I'll be part of the building committee. I mean, I'll cut the grass. I mean, that's a, you see the grass out there? That's a pretty big task of love right there. Yeah, that's, is that love? Is that love? Or is it a selfish nature that you do because it makes you feel good? Yes. <laughs> so there it is. I can take care of my needs. I can take care of what I want. But I don't want to forgive people that have wronged me or hurt me 10 years ago. I do, but I don't want to love my kids by helping them with their homework or listening to them talk about themselves every day. I don't want to love my spouse by doing the dishes. I mean, I love, but I don't want to honor my mother and father and help out around the house. But I say I love. I mean, we love. I don't really want to put others above myself, though. I mean, I'd, I'd rather... I'd rather gossip than encourage. I'd rather talk sarcastically than, than lift up. I'd rather get revenge than give a second chance. Is that you? Is that, is that you? But, but we love. But, or, or do we? So about eight years ago, I came up with an amazing plan. I was going to move into uh, that lady's house right there. I thought, you know, that's kind of the whole point, moving back here from California, move in with mom. She was living by herself. She was just about to have hip surgery. And I was like, man, we, she, had a, she has a big house. And it's not that we needed to move out of our house. I just thought, man, what, you know, how great could that be to move there, help her, and then she would obviously help watch the kids. <laughs> I mean, come on, date night. Oh, just, that was not the point. No. So the thing is, is that um, I had convinced everybody this was the plan. And everybody was on, I think everybody's on board with it. Maybe not Beach completely. There were some things that, but we went through with it. And not only did we go through with it, we decided to build an addition. So I'm working full-time, and I'm building an addition. And Beach is going to school and raising two kids. Um, our, I mean, we were faithful. Our relationship was, was definitely rooted in God. But it, it, began, it began to struggle. Uh, Beach told me something that uh, happened. Maybe it was a year, year and a half, I think, after we had, we had been there. She said she was moving out. Um, moving with the kids to an apartment. Yeah, it was a separation. I was like, what, what, how, how can this be? You know, the Word says, what God has brought together, let no man separate. So I was... Pissed. I was angry. I mean, I was, we were actually going through a life skills class or freedom life skills, and, and this is supposed to you know under, help you understand what you're what you need to do in a relationship, and 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 they're agreeing, and I'm like, how can this how can this be? And she's telling me that God is calling her to do this. So, all right, if God's calling you, let me help you pack your bags. So I shortly realized that I am unable to have a love affair with my wife. So then my only choice, ultimately, if I'm a God-fearing individual, is to have a love affair with Jesus Christ. Pursuing him to show me what it looks like to be a husband. Pursuing him to show me what it looks like to be a father. Pursuing him to tell me what it looks like to be a man.
it took me a cause, it took me to cause a disaster to cause me to look at myself. So I ask you, where are you with yourself? And do you know where you should be? What is your source telling you about you? Or are you letting the world and past circumstances direct you about you? What does the relationship with yourself look like? See, most of us focus too much on getting along with other people. I think we try and please people. We try and think about, I wonder what this person's thinking about me. I'm wondering, you know, am I going to, you know, make a good impression? Are these people going to like me? And I want to suggest the most important relationship is not interpersonal, where you're relating with other people, but it's intrapersonal, which is a relationship with yourself. Why is this so important, you ask? Because the most important you should desire to know is not other people, but it's yourself. I think that the average person on this planet knows very little about themselves. I mean, they keep putting on other people's images. They want to live other people's expectations. We allow society to create us. I mean, I think, isn't that why we spend so much money on name brands and, and shoes and, and all of this? And I think what happens is now we're broke and depressed. So instead of having a self-concept, we have others' concept. We have a picture of what other people want us to look like. So self-knowledge is the key to all relationships. I mean, it's important to know your strengths, but it's also to know where your weaknesses are. You have to know where you are weak. Because not knowing where you are weak in your own self will be a hindrance on all your relationships. You need to know what you have to manage. I think there's a lot we need to know about ourselves. I mean, I think there's a lot we know about ourselves that we deny. We sometimes say that someone made us do certain things. We sometimes say that someone made us do something. But I think, in fact, we decided to do it because of our very nature. And those are the things that we need to manage. We need to be careful we don't blame others for ourselves. I think the, uh, you that, uh, that know me, you those that know me well, will know I have some weaknesses. It's not chest bumping. I thought that's a strength. But it's, uh, it's, it's maybe time management. You know, yeah, you know, time management is... Don't agree with that? Yes, I'm managing it. But it's not such a problem. <laughs> Thanks, Nate. It's not such a problem anymore because I recognize it. I know... That's a weakness of mine. I also know that I have boundary issues. I can't, I can't say no. Um, I can't leave on time. It's almost like I'm self-sabotaging myself by not admitting that this is an issue. So I will leave with 10 minutes left when I know it takes me 20 minutes to get to where I'm going. I've already failed before I've gotten in the vehicle. And these are things that we need to recognize about ourselves. I don't know what yours is. Maybe it's anger. Maybe it's gossiping. Maybe it's frustration. I, I'm not sure what, what yours is. So if I can have one point 
to share with you. If you could go home and remember one thing today, it would be the most important relationship you should have is with yourself. The most important relationship, the most important person to love is myself. The most important person to love is myself. So say that with me. The most important person is to love is myself. One more time. Maybe do it. The most important person to love is myself. Yeah. I guess you guys weren't there when I was practicing, but it, so next time I do, if I get a chance to do this again, come to my house. Or we'll just meet here like Saturday and it'll be great. It'll be great. So how you say, well, let me prove it to you. We misquote this scripture and it's Matthew twenty-two thirty-six. So Jesus was asked a question. So before we get the question, we have to know who is asking it. So a Pharisee is asking Jesus a question. Now a Pharisee is a religious leader of that time. Probably somebody that's been studying for 50 years of their life. They have know the Old Testament and they have pulled out all the laws that they can, they can that looks like a direction or a command or an objective and, and they pull it out and they use these laws. There's actually there's 669 laws. I mean, that's, that's a lot. That's a lot to even remember but let alone try and keep all these. So he goes to Jesus. Actually, it says he's a lawyer which that's got to be a guy that wants to know, you know, some things. So he goes to Jesus and he says, hey, Jesus, you know, you're a teacher. What, you know, I've been studying this a long time and I've, I want to know what do you say is the most important? I mean, if I'm going to try and remember all of these, which one should I focus on? What's, what's number one? Just give me number one so I can, if I can do that, you know, I'm, I'm going be, to be in good shape. So Jesus answers him. He says, love your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. But then he did something else. He gave him another one. Now the man did not ask for two. He only asked for one. But he couldn't answer it with just one. Because the answer requires two answers. The first answer, love your God with all your heart, with all your mind, with all your soul, with all your might. And then there's the second one. And again, the first one, love, your, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your might. And you say, that's me. I do that. I'm doing that. I'm up here. I showed up today. Is that not loving the Lord my God? I mean, I sang, or I mouthed it at least, or I was reading the words in my head, is that not loving God? And I count the offering, and then I tithe, sometimes. And then, you know, so I got that covered. But then Jesus gives the second part. But the second part is like the first. It's the same. They're equal. They're not two parts. There's not do one and then do the other. He says, then, love your neighbor as you love yourself. So this is deep right here. If you understand what he's saying, he says, love God, love yourself, love your neighbor. And then he says, that's summed up 
all 669 laws. That one summed up all of them. That's where we keep making the mistake. We keep trying to love people without the prerequisite. We are not doing it in order. So if we go to the beginning, it says, the verse says, love God. Which means to have a pursuit and a focus of God's character, God's nature, God's qualities. I mean, when you love someone, when you love someone, I mean, you want to pursue them. You want to get to know them. You want to understand them. You want to know what they like, what they need, what they think, what they desire. You want to get to know everything about them because you, you want them to know how you feel about them. Well, do that for God. Pursue God with all your might. Get to know his qualities. Get to know his characteristics. Know his qualities, his nature. Stay with God so you get to know God. But then he says, love your neighbor as yourself. Now, in the Greek, these words mean to the same degree. Love your neighbor to the same degree that you love yourself. To the same measure you love yourself is how you will love your neighbor. That's what Jesus says. To the same degree that you love yourself, you will love your neighbor. This is Jesus. So the implication is that loving God should result in self-love. Loving God should result in self-love. And then self-love qualifies you to love others. You can only love others to the same degree that you love yourself. So stop trying to love people first. Stop trying. This is why you get hurt. If you don't love yourself, you need other people to love you. And then when they disappoint you, the whole bottom falls out because you don't feel loved again. So how would I put it? If I love me and you don't love me, I'm still loved. I'm still satisfied because I loved me before I met you. Christ is saying, here, fall in love with yourself first. And, some, and the same measure you love yourself is the same amount you can love other people. It is more important to love you than it is for you to love me. So when someone says, I love you, someone says, I love you, what's your typical response? I love you too. Heart emoji. Uh, but really, when somebody says, and this is, now this has changed it for me forever, but um, when somebody says, I love you, the response really shouldn't be, I love you too. The response should be, do you love you? I spent so much of my life doing things for other people to make myself feel good. I would, except for at home, sorry, <laughs> I would do it for the neighbor. I don't know why I would do it, but so, so I would, you know, I would open the door for somebody. I would get their groceries. I would be thinking about their needs, but not really because God is calling me to love the things that I'm doing because I'm doing it for him. But I would be like, oh my gosh, I'm doing this. It's making me feel good. It's a sense of selfishness or really a sign of self-hatred because I need that to make me feel. So if you hear anyone say, I'll do anything for you, run. 
So do not go in looking for love because you'll find that they can take it away at any time. God is our source. And God is love. And if we want to agape love like John was talking about, we must be plugged into the source. If we take a light bulb and we don't screw it into the source, is it even a light bulb? But if you screw it into the source, it's connected to a source. A fountain can only burst out if it's plugged into its source. And Romans 5, 5 says that agape love has been poured out into our hearts. Pastor Judah Smith says this, You know God to the level you love like him. So when we get plugged in, we, we grow. And I thought, when I, get plugged in, when I got plugged in, I, I grew. So I... I Oh, gosh. Jesse, help. I need another contractor. I was going to just slide it together, and I'm like, man, if I can't use tools on this stage, I'm not, I'm not coming up here. So when I plug into my source, when I plug into that agape, unconditional love that God has for me, I grow. So, I had my lovely daughter get something from the, from the car here. Don't look over here. <laughs> so, when, when God goes inside of us, he, he pulls out. He pulls out. When he abides in us, it says he pulls out a heart of stone. Building committee? Okay. And he puts in a heart of flesh, which is moldable, which is shape that we can be like God. I mean, this is not going to be easy. This is going to, and that's why I, I really wanted to put the screws in there because anybody that has had reconstructive surgery, anybody that's had a knee, a hip, an arm, you don't have to be old to recognize you can have been, you know, something broken when you're young. It's painful. And there's some recovery time. So when you hear this, you're not going to go home and you're going to be like, hey, I'm changed for good. I mean, you should be on your way and you should be able to take these things and know that you can be able to love yourself. So let's talk about how we can pursue this self-love. So we want to have self-hope. We want to dream again. We actually want to believe there is a future for us, for you. When we get disappointed or when things are not going our way that you would hope or plan. I mean, I know I felt this in my destitution, and it's not like this was the only time that I screwed up. I mean, you would think that it would have been, but... That's, that's not the case. You know, sometimes people actually take their lives because there is no sense of self-hope or self-love. I mean, even young people, old people can get in situ, older people, old, I'm not supposed to say that, older people can look at things that they, they didn't do 
or mistakes that they made, and it seems hopeless. And then young people can be like, man, look at my future. It is What am I going to do? It is, it is hopeless. But God has a plan for you. He has a gift for you. He has a passion that you can have. You need to focus on God. You focus on what God has, and he will show you. Or two, set boundaries. There is power in learning to set boundaries around you. Boundaries from the wrong people, boundaries from the wrong habits, boundaries from the wrong mentalities, boundaries from the wrong mindset. A boundary not to talk negatively about yourself. I mean, stupid. No, don't say that about yourself. It's possible you're going to make mistakes. I mean, if you look at any time that Jesus spoke, he never talked negatively about himself. Model that. So don't do it. Really make sure you protect yourself. Think about it. I mean, as you're thinking it, don't say it. Learn to say no. Let that be a power word. This is a must for self-love. I'm learning it. I'm learning it. Sometimes I'm too shy and timid. I mean, I still catch myself doing it. But as I'm about to do it, I have a small mindful discussion and then I respond for what is going to be right for my self-love. Oh, third one. Self-forgiveness. This is... This is deep. This is a hard one. There are people in this room that haven't forgiven themselves for a lot of things. And it's not probably something recent. When a person loves themselves and they have a good relationship with themselves, I mean, I say that all the time. I'm like, Greg, that was stupid. Why did you do that? I'm like, that? Don't do that. Don't stop doing that. Forgive yourselves. I mean, we try to go around forgiving others But we can't forgive others if we can't forgive ourselves first. You ask forgiveness from God, and what does he do? Forgives you. I mean, there's not a question. There's not even, that's exactly what he does. It's the biggest kind of pride to have God forgive you and then you not forgive yourself. It's a huge part of self-love. Forgive yourself. You deserve that. And then move forward. Self-respect. If you're called a diamond, and you were given a $10,000 diamond ring, Rachel, when you got the $10,000 diamond ring, you know what I'm saying? Or was it 12? I don't know. But, you know and, then, and, then, and then Grant's like, you know what? I'm going to take that. You just take the plastic ring. You'd be like, I will take the 10000 But if you get this, you're going to protect it. You're not just going to, you know, take it anywhere, go around anywhere with it. And that's, that's what you are. That's, so when you walk around, when you walk around and your shirt is down and your chest is hanging out, that's cheapening yourself. It's like a diamond. Don't, don't cheapen it. Don't sell yourself so cheap. Don't lower your value. And men, respect yourselves. I mean, by the content that you put in front of your face. Self-worth. I think self-worth is cool because it, it causes you to be motivated, internally motivated. When you love yourself, you want to help others. Not to be pushy because you know it all or you know something, 
but you want to give them advice in your area of expertise. When you love yourself, you tell yourself, you tell yourself that you love yourself. You don't need approval from other people. It's okay to tell yourself that you love yourself. It is okay to confirm that with yourself. It is good to like you. Self-value. How much do you value yourself? Do you value yourself that $10,000 diamond ring or Cracker Jack box ring? Where, where are you at? You should be valuing yourself as the diamond ring. Self-esteem is basically just an estimate of what you value yourself. If you estimate your value is pretty low, your self-esteem is going to be pretty low. But if you estimate your value is up here, then you're going to be up there. The discovery of your identity determines the love that you have for yourself. And then that determines how much you'll love me. And I want you to love me. So get your value high. I mean, I don't need you to love me, but I'm just saying that if you were going to, it'd be nice. Marriage should not be going in and looking for love. You shouldn't get married. You shouldn't get into a relationship looking for love. I'm looking for love. I'm looking for love in all the wrong places. Go into a marriage because you already love yourself and you want to share that with somebody else. And hopefully you want to share it with somebody else that loves themselves. Otherwise, they're going to need your love for them to feel love. And a person that loves themselves places such a high value on themselves, so high that they don't come down to meet anybody. They bring people to up where they are. I'm seeing this, I'm seeing this all the time, and it just it breaks my heart. We do it with our words. I mean, I see it on Facebook mainly, and it's probably with some politics or something goofy like that. And we engage in this trash talk. Somebody's going to make an opinion, and, and it's fine. It's fine. It doesn't really make a difference. I mean, but don't lower yourselves down to them and engage in something that they're frustrated about. I mean, actually, say something encouraging. Tell them they're a good mom. Tell them they're a good dad. Tell them something encouraging. Don't get into controversy about something that, that makes you lower your standard of what you really want to do. Self-confidence. You know, I give away tips and tricks and stuff that I know about my job all the time. I mean, I know God has given me a gift to do construction and build. I mean, I don't know if it's the best for the body, but I can't not do it. So I want to see other people succeed at it. If I go to a job and it's like, oh, okay, yeah, here's, this is what we're going to do. And even if we're bidding for the same estimate, it's like, all right, maybe this is what I have. If they like you better or you have some, that's your personality relates, that's awesome because I have confidence. I know God is going to continue to, to feed my gift. He's going to continue to give me opportunity. He's not going to take it away because I'm afraid somebody's going to do a job that I should be doing. And when a person that doesn't love themselves meets a person that loves themselves, they're considered arrogant. Believe in you because you are connected to your source. This confident love which is able to give love without getting anything in return. I can love you without loving me because I already love myself. That's why Jesus could die for us and we could turn our backs and we could curse him. Because it wasn't a matter of him needing love back. He didn't need us to love him back. He knew he was so valuable 
that you needed what he had. And whether you received it or not, it didn't matter. Because he had it before you received it or didn't receive it. Self-love is able to give itself without manipulating people. You don't have to manipulate people to get self-love. Self-surrender. This is, I actually kind of wish I could, I was going to try and make those, those movable, but wasn't enough time for that. Self-surrender. Knowing that God is who he says he is. He's before you. He's behind you. He is with you always. Don't worry. Don't be anxious. Don't fear. God never gave us a spirit of fear, of sound mind and love. Believe in God's words fully and completely. I mean, especially now where we are with the things that are going on around us outside of this building. And, and you can't trust anything solid from really any news. It, it's, it's mind-blowing. But the Bible, this unchanging truth is a book that will change you, direct you, and support you. Oh, this is a good one. Self-rest. <laughs> I'm a workaholic. Is that on? I didn't say that. Long. So I love to work. I don't know if anybody else loves to work. Sometimes you work just because you want to ignore the other stuff that's going on in your life. But turn off the TV. Leave your job. Put the phone down. Get the proper sleep so you may be fresh for what you're facing. I know that some of you are not sleeping well, and that's, that's something that you can work on. You know, God wants you to rest. He says, cast your cares on me, and I will give you rest. Enter my rest. And finally, just self-love. Find something that you love to do. Something that excites you, something that ignites you. Find out what makes you happy. I mean, maybe you're coming from a traumatic situation or something painful where we can lose ourselves. What makes you happy? What, what did you do before that? What did you do before your marriage? What did you do before the divorce that made you happy? It doesn't have to be something grand or something super meaningful. It could be riding a bike. It could be going to the gym. It could be playing music. It could be singing. It could be macrame. Still macrame? Still do that? Could be noodle art, noodle paste. I don't know, something like that. Just do what makes you feel happy. You want to ask? Is Amy Chewy? You guys want to come up? Gonna wrap up here. So this is this is a wrestling match. This is not a one-time thing. I mean, I know we've formed opinions of ourselves. The world has shaped us. Situations have, have scarred us or wounded us. And, and know that this, this transformation, is as God says, we're a new creation. The old is gone. But I think that we may look different on the inside, but I think we're still the same on the outside. I mean, I have scars from work. I mean, I have scars that I don't like. But... I'm not embarrassed of the things that I've gone through because it has built my character. It has 
given me the chance to know that I can overcome the difficulties that I have faced. I can love myself so that I can be full to the point where I am full, overflowing so that I can give it to you. I get this, this vision of, of dominoes. I don't know if anybody ever played with dominoes when they were kids. We play those, Brian? So I feel like, you know, when you give into this, you lay your life down. And when you strip yourself of all the negativity that you have, I feel like you can lay your life down and then you can touch somebody else. And then they can lay their life down. And it's not that we become dead or we stay down. It's just that that's how we touch people. And then I just remember those guys used to make the coolest configurations of dominoes and then they would just branch off. They would go this direction or it would go up a hill. I don't know how dominoes went up a hill, but they would go up a hill and then they would go through a loop. But these dominoes would just touch each other and they would just keep going. And I feel as we're going into this church move, we need to be like these dominoes. We need to fill ourselves so that we can be effective out there. I mean, we need to fill ourselves so we can be effective in here. I mean, some of you may like John. Some of you may not like John. Some of you did. Maybe some of you didn't. I don't know. I'm not sure. I don't think it's on John. I mean, John is smart and he is a good teacher, but I don't think he's smart enough to pull this move off. I think he needs God. I mean, I needed God to even be here to understand what I'm putting together. I mean, I wrote, walked up here. I wrote stuff down. Like in the beginning, God breathed into Adam. He is still breathing life into us, into our circumstances, into our situations, into our dreams, our visions. It is up to us with the wisdom of God to move. Because I, I, as I'm understanding, it is going to happen. And I'm, I'm excited. I hope that you guys are excited. Because what we can do in another place where we can affect people, non-church people. I mean, we don't want to make like a, a lateral move. We don't want to say, oh yeah, all the people from another church come to our church. That's, that's not the point. And, and it's not the point to stay back and, and, and stay here in this church. I mean, we're, we're, to be, uh, we're to be moving. I mean, it says we're to be changing. You know, we're not to wrestle with people. I don't think anywhere in the Bible it says wrestle with people. I think we're wrestling with ourselves. As we walk out our salvation with fear and trembling, we're responsible for our own spiritual growth. I know in Mark 9 it says, Anything is possible for those who believe. And I say, let's just get that belief inside of ourselves. This thing is going to fly. And as we are working on ourselves, we can love each other to the point where situations that are happening in our own state, we're not making judgments or disappointments in other people. We're focusing inward so that we can love outward. All right. Let's pray. Father, you are so big. We are so small. I thank you for 
bringing your love to us. While we were still sinners, you laid your life down for us, Lord. While we were still sinners, Lord. I pray that we do the same for the people that we don't like, for the people that we don't enjoy, that we still continue to desire to love them. We don't let ourselves get wound up in circumstances, but we cover ourselves with you. We cover ourselves with the love that you have for us, knowing that it is in us, Lord, that we become one-third perfect, Lord. If we have mind, body, and spirit, Lord God, we are with you. I thank you for that, Lord. I pray as we go out of here, we can, we can take... We can take the steps to change the way we act, the way we think, and let us love. Let us love ourselves so that then we can love others. And not in word, but in the things we do, in the way we are towards others, in the needs, meeting the needs of others, listening to other people. I thank you for that, God. In Jesus' name, amen.